You are listening to All Eyes on Cleveland with your host, Brad Ward. Make sure you like, review, keep coming back, tell a friend. It's the game day preview edition, San Francisco 49ers, Cleveland Browns, crossover with the OBR Film Breakdown and Jake Burns, plus a featured appearance covering the weather, Andrew Spade. Enjoy the show. This is Shelby Harris, and you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome into your Sunday Game Day podcast. It's Browns 49ers. It is a game that I am the only OBR staff. I t- Listen, I drew the short straw. I had to be the one person to predict that the Browns would win. And I actually think... There is a world in which they can win. I have explained this with Andrew uh, Spade on our podcast many times over at the OBR Film Breakdown. What has to happen for them to win? It's not crazy. I tried to draw some comparisons today on Twitter to like, hey, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. You know, we view the Cardinals as significantly worse than the Browns in some way, shape, or form, talent wise. Uh, you know, and and obviously, you know, you're looking at like the Cowboys are not quite the 49ers. We know that. But I think there's definitely a world in which this happens, which is what we're going to try to talk to you a, a little bit about today on your game day show. I'm here with Brad Ward, all eyes on Cleveland, uh, a little crossover that we do here for every game day. And then we're going to have a special weather guest here in just a moment. One of the most respected local Cleveland meteorologists is going to be joining us. Uh, I know you guys are going to be on your toes for that one. We are going to start, Brad, as we always do. Well, first of all, let me welcome you in, man. What's going on? How are you? Uh, I am fantastic. Uh, as good as we can be as we prepare for this game. You know, I, I got a strange feeling about it. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. Hope, uh, yeah. hope reigns eternal as me, you know, as a Browns fan here. So, you know, I'm yeah, not I'm, giving up on this thing yet. I've never seen a fan base get mad at somebody for predicting the team would win that they care about. So it feels like there's just a lot of <laughs> people are giving up on this game already, which is yes. largely where we're at because it was the longest two week stretch of a buy ever because we're still dealing with this. When will the quarterback be back drama? We got Adam Schefter here tonight tweeting that he might be back next week, which is the funniest running bit going on social yes. media right now is just saying the quarterback might be back for the next week. Okay. Roger that. So well we'll done. take that into account. Um, yeah. Listen, so let's move on. Let's just let's just hit the stuff for the game day. We'll talk about it, and you you should still get enjoyment out of your team playing. You should. This is not some high school football game with a team that's going to win state versus some team that goes zero and ten. This is not the case. These are still NFL teams. The Browns are obviously not the favorite in, uh, in this situation, but they can win this game. And the idea should be that we're talking about them having a chance to win this game. So our goal here is to give you the information you need from both the peripheral stuff and then the game itself that takes for the Browns to win. So first of all, TV coverage where this is a Fox game, right, Brad, I believe. Yeah, we are going to, is this the first Fox game of the year? Second? Is it? F- I think it's the first one that they've had. It's I the believe. first one of the year. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got uh, Kevin Burkhart, uh, Greg Olson, Aaron Love Andrews. Olson. And, He's great. Yeah. And Tom Rinaldi. Okay. So that's like the that crew. Group. Is it yeah. a big, I don't know, if you looked at the coverage map, is it a lot, uh, is it covering a lot of sort of the other parts of the country that don't have a game locally, or is it, okay, well, we're going to guess that's the case. Anyway, we did our background on that, folks. So, uh, listen, you can watch it in Cleveland, and a lot of people in California are going to watch this one. Let's put it that way. Maybe some spots in between. Uh, officials for this game, we're going to skip because I don't think we're quite comfortable enough with kind of saying 
you know, it's John Hussey on the call, but, but, you know, is, is the lead official for this one, but we don't really have good information on how these guys perform yet. We're working on that. That's it's in beta testing. We'll get that to you mm-hmm. in the coming days. So, um, like we said, John Hussey, you should recognize him covered a ton of games in the NFL. He's done quite a few. So, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Otherwise let's get to, let's get to the weather. Let's bring in our special guest. Like I said, very knowledgeable on the source. We have, we've tried since the preseason, where we really botched the weather, Brad, uh, for that for that Redskins, not Redskins, Commanders preseason game. It has been a, a hot topic. These guys can't handle it. We've been trying to outsource this thing. So we found a very yeah. reliable source who has had his own success uh, living in various parts of the country, now down in North Carolina. I think you've heard of him. His name's Andrew Spade. He's come to join us for a game day show. We, we reeled him in here on a college football Saturday night to give us the weather. So welcome in, Andrew. What's the weather looking like up in Cleveland? You know, Don't be wrong because the pressure's on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing about uh, the weather is that it's hard to predict. That's the number one thing. Mm. Uh, so I'm building in an excuse right off the top. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to join you, gentlemen. Uh, first time on the Game Day podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah, we're happy to have you in. Tell us the good I'm news. Honored, is it going to be honored it, to have you here? Yeah. Is it going to be? Is it going to be ugly? Can can we bank on any sort of drizzle to to mess with the 49? Is going to be cold to mess with them? Give us the news. Yeah, it's definitely going to be cold. It's going to feel cold because you're going to have a, a pretty brisk wind off of the lake, right? So the the big change that's happening tonight in Ohio is that the wind is going to shift from out of the west to out of the north. And so overnight into tomorrow morning, it's going to be gray. It's going to be whipping wind off Lake Erie. You know, there's going to be white caps probably on that lake. That is good. It's going to be that sort of a day. So it, it's not going to be quite as severe as some of those games that we remember from I think it was 2020, right, where they mm-hmm. played like three straight games in a hurricane. But it's it's going to be 15 to 20 mile an hour winds, and we know how that works on the lakefront. They're always upped a little bit, right? Uh, and then I think we've got a chance of showers early, some some heavy showers even through noontime or so. But it looks like from kickoff through the afternoon, at worst, you might catch a, a quick shower. It doesn't look like it's going to be that sort of thing from a few weeks ago. From I guess that was opening day where it kind of hung around, the wind is going to push things through. So none of that moisture should stick around too long. So it should be maybe a quick shower and, and then it moves out. But I think the wind is going to be the bigger issue and it is going to, it's going to be temperatures in the low fifties with that wind. So it it's going to be kind of the first cold weather game for all these players, right? Cause it's, you know, 50, 50 with a breeze off the lake when you've been used to 80 degree days is, is cold. And then you got to think the 49ers have gone to the East Coast. They played in Pittsburgh week one, but that was a nice weather day in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so of course. this will be their first cold weather experience. Not that some of these guys, Kittle, an Iowa guy, or Juice Check, or you know, Purdy's an Iowa State guy. They've, they've played right. in the cold, but they you get a little comfortable out there, uh, out mm-hmm. in California, and you know, a lot of their games are in, in good weather. And it's nice to see them maybe perhaps be tripped up a little bit by or it creates more variance, and we want more variance, as much variance as we can possibly get in this game. So that listen, that is... A plus weather delivery information. That's what. That's why they again. That's why we bring in the big dogs for this sort of thing. So we brought in Andrew, and he crushed it. Thanks, Andrew. We appreciate you, man. I'm thinking about just like as on my way out the door here, maybe debuting yeah. a of scale, right? So like ten out of ten would be sideways snow, right? Mm-hmm. And one out of ten would be perfect dome conditions. I would call this a five. Okay. I, I like that's that's yeah that's fair. I think yeah your 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 scale in Cleveland is a little more wide than it is in some that's other right. places. Yeah. So five mm-hmm. is 
not great. It's certainly, uh, you know, right down the middle, not good. I like that. That's a good spot to be in for this one. You'd prefer it to be tilting a little more on the nasty side yeah. with the 49ers. I remember, like I said, we're going to talk about the history of the of the matchups. I, I went in 2015. It was week 14. That's the ideal time to get a West Coast team because you're, you're bringing them into weather hell. But we'll take this for a, you know, what are we here? We're middle of October. It's not great. It's going to be a little distracting. We're watching USC play at Notre Dame in some chilly weather, right? So it impacts that game, right? It's low scoring. We can maybe get the same. That's what we're hoping for. So that's the type of weather delivery we needed, Andrew. We appreciate you, buddy. That's the hope. Yeah, let's hope that uh, the weather is a, is a help tomorrow. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. All right. That's Andrew Spade dropping by. We're going to make that a usual thing, Brad. Got to have him in. A-plus delivery, I love, like I said. I love it. It was well done. Uh, you know, the the thing with the weather, you got to hope to maybe this is a letdown spot for, you know, they're coming off of a big Sunday night game against the Cowboys where they obviously beat them up, but they also are coming east and playing early. So, you know, these factors all kind of point towards maybe a letdown spot. I don't know. You know, we'll see, but it, it, yeah. the potential is there for it, right? You're, you're hoping for any little thing, right? Any little thing that could that could trip them up in the slightest little bit, and uh, this is a situation I think that it helps, right? It certainly helps more than, um, more than it hinders. So you like to hear some of that. L listen, I just mentioned the all-time stuff. We Let's get into that right now. So talk to us about, you know, what these guys have done, uh, again, it's not a very extensive for two teams that have been around the NFL for a long time. It's not a very extensive history. 20, 20 games, right? Uh, Cleveland, 12 and eight all time series. And, you know, interesting trend here. The home team has won the last four, Jake. Uh, the last game being in 2019, which was played around the same time of year, the 7th of October. So uh, that was a not pretty uh, out in San Francisco, uh, 31 to three Niners win. I remember that one. Now you that say was, you were at one in 15, right? Correct. Correct. So yeah, I was at that one. That was not, that was not a bad weather game, but it wasn't great. Two teams that were not good, obviously. So, uh, I, th I believe Manziel was playing in that one. I, I could be oh, wrong gosh. about that, but I believe he was playing in that one. But yeah, the Browns one, it was, pre-Shanahan, I think that was still Chip Kelly involved in that one. Shanahan came in next year, or was Tom Sula in, in 16? That's when Chip Kelly came in, and then in 17 is when Shanahan arrived. I'm, I'm unsure if my timeline is perfect on that one, but it was something along those lines. So, yeah, not uh, not ideal, but the Browns did get a win in that one pretty comfortably, if I recall. So, uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's the history. But, yeah, extensively, I think the Browns are out in front on this one, right? Yeah, 12 and 8 all time. 12 and 8 all time. You'll take that. You'll take that, especially against as historically dominant uh, a team as um, the Niners have been, right? So I uh, feel pretty decent about that as far as a uh, as far as a all-time history goes. So let's do betting lines, which I think we're at nine and a half. So give us first the over under or sorry, the the uh, the line that you've seen most recently and then and then the over under on that one as well. Yeah, so I think this is worth talking about a little bit. Uh, let's talk about. I mean, first of all, so so the not, the number was at ten, and is at nine and a half at you know uh, most books right now. Over and under of thirty six. Uh, the money line, Cleveland money line, is plus three eighty. Uh, it's minus five hundred to to the San Francisco money line, which is wild. Now, you know, nine and a half 
it started at three. So are they are is Vegas saying that Watson is worth six points? Because that is like what you're giving the premier quarterbacks in the NFL, Jake. I guess, yeah, that's what they're presuming. That at least the difference between Watson and his backup, you know, from last sure. last appearance. I don't know that sure. I, I would I would imagine they're not putting him in quite that regard, but yeah, there's there's certainly um the gap between him and the backup. Even though as we're gonna talk about PJ Walker, you know, he might he might fare just fine, but but there's certainly yeah. a level of respect there, right? Yeah, you know, I was just intrigued by it because the line, you know, started at three, went to four and a half, went out to seven midweek. But I thought that was accounting for him, you know, them not having Watson. So when it jumps to 10 after that, I was like, holy cow, Uh, because I felt like the seven was accounting for Watson not playing as we were. And most people were leaning that way, you know, mid to late week. So an interesting line movement in this game. Uh, So but we do get P.J. Walker. I've got a couple props I like. You want to get into those? Let's do the props. There's some good ones we were talking about here before the show. All right. So you know you know our bread and butter. Uh now we've been we veered away from the quarterback run prop, but I think this is a perfect time to come back to it with PJ Walker over twelve and a half yards, and you're getting plus one oh five odds on that. So that is I that is that. a good number. I do I do like that one as well. So that'll be high on the list. What's your next one? Okay, so you know we like the uh, the shorter yardage numbers they give running backs in the receiving game. Uh, Jerome Ford over twelve and a half in this. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna pass on that one and actually go to Hunt at over five and a half yards. Chances are he gets at least one screen in this one, Jake. I think. Yeah, five and a half. That's a flat route broken tackle first down on a third down or in yep. any moment. And you know, a lot of these uh these quarterbacks, these backups who are who are trying to get comfortable with everything tend to prefer to dump the football off, right? So uh yeah, I, I like I like that that potential outcome there for sure. So good one there. And last last but not least, I, I like this one. Uh the numbers are are kind of pulled down or watered down a little bit in this one. Obviously on the Brown side, Amari Cooper over forty and a half yards. I mean, that number just feels way too low. Uh if you can get PJ Walker to step up in the pocket and make a couple good throws, I think he clears that forty yard mark. Yeah, I trust him more than I trust uh, what we saw from DTR and some of the some of the stuff that he was trying to do again, you know, put into a tough situation there. So it's not like you you're blaming him uh, for anything crazy there. But yeah, I mean, tough situation for him. Uh, I think Walker is going to bring a little bit more of a calm mo to the to the status. So definitely like that number more with him than I did, you know, previously with with DTR. It's a forty yards feels like a, you know one one sideline ball something like that for sure. Yeah. Yep, and that's uh, that's what that's what we like this week. Uh, you know, move it, put them together, make a nice little parlay. But they're uh, they're plus odds numbers by many of these. So, um, and uh, I would say if you're gonna take the, the total or you like the, you know, you like the Browns, I would go ahead and tease that number over ten, uh, maybe even over thirteen. And uh, you're talking about key numbers there, um, and you're not changing your odds very much on the outcome. No, not at all. You, you you always like kind of trying to find those perfect figures. So if you're if you're into the nine, nine and a half, I would just ten and a half it, right? Then kind of protect yep. yourself on that. Yep. Because um, you know those ten point outcomes are 
so uh, consistently happen, right? So, all right. Yeah, I like it. That's good. That's everything leading up to it. Okay, Brad, I will hit lead off this week. I think you had lead off uh, for the Ravens game. So here's what I'm drawn to. The thing I keep thinking about is how disappointing the Browns offensive line has been from a perceived preseason strength to a very, very much noticeable issue at times. And, and it can't, and it can't be, it just can't be. So especially when you have these backup quarterbacks playing now, again, Walker is more experienced than DTR. And I think we'll bring a level of calmness and collectiveness that we have not seen uh, from, from, you know, what we saw recently from DTR. I want to be kind of careful with that. You know, I'm not trying to bury DTR as a football player. There's certainly a guy who could still be a good quarterback in there, uh, given the right lead up and, you know, prep and all that. So, I think that where I'm at with it is the Browns offensive line and the run game has been a disappointment for me, Brad, um, too many times assignment mistakes. So, um, you know, in the, in the past protection has been leaky, um, really rough at handling some of those twists and combos, some of those line stunts. And then every now and again, just one player breaking down and giving up a pressure while four others are handling things really well. So, I will say the Browns O-line versus what is a very formidable, the strength of the 49ers is their front seven. You include those linebackers, Greenlaw and Fred Warner, and you you know this is a very serious group. Their, their secondary, we're going to talk about it. It has some questions, but if the Browns can run with some efficiency, which they have not done consistently enough, you would agree with me on that, and, and that will allow them to set up some of their mirror looks, some of their play-action looks, right? So if they can run with efficiency and then protect Walker and not make him feel rushed or or clay, uh, chaotic, right? I think that's what we have to have because you would agree that at times DTR felt right. He felt rushed. He felt he felt overwhelmed oh, by pressure. Sure. We we can't have that in this one if the Browns want any chance to win the football game. So that O line against the 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 front seven uh, is very important to me in this one, Brad. Yeah, critical. You have to have that performance. And you're right about the letdown of one player. Like, you'll have it all blocked up, and it seems like just, you know, it's one guy letting things down a lot of times. So, um, which can be shored up, hopefully. And you got to give PJ time to uh, get comfortable in this one if you want to have a chance. So, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to go other side, uh, other offensive line for my first key. You know, this the San Francisco team is so strong, you know, all the way through um the their roster in most aspects of everything they do offensively and defensively. There's a few areas uh that can be exploited on this team, very few. But one of them is the right side of the offensive line, Jake, and I think that is uh, if you're the Browns and you're this number one defense, you know, coming in with Schwartz and, and everything that they've been known for, I think that's an area that you have to attack uh, if you are going to make uh, Purdy uncomfortable, speed him up and whatever, and force him into some bad decisions. So, you know, I, I just think that uh, that is one of the weaknesses that they have, so it needs to be taken advantage of. Like it. Okay. Good stuff. I, I definitely agree. They have to, you know, you're not going to handle Trent Williams <laughs> very often, but right. can you, can you overwhelm the other side? That's something that TJ Watt and company did in Pittsburgh is took advantage of the right side of the 49ers offensive line. Good stuff. Mine is branching off. That's just making Purdy uncomfortable in general. Like I felt like the, the picture for him has been relatively clear all season. So can they make him hold on to the football? 
a couple beats longer, right? Can they make him uncomfortable? Not, I'm not talking about pressure. Obviously, you want to pressure him, but I'm talking about in the secondary. Can they cover IU? Can they cover Debo and make the picture unclear for him? Because when he has a defined read, he knows the coverage pre to post. He's dialing it up. So you better make him think something and provide something different and make Purdy uncomfortable because if he is comfortable, able to sit back there as well protected and also has a very good feel for what you're doing, then yeah, I think it, it can be a, it can be a really rough go of it. But if you make him uncomfortable, force him to throw off balance, have him make some mistakes. He's, he's not, he's obviously the stat line is good, Brad, but he is, he is not risk averse. He throws some turnover worthy throws every game. Now, sometimes it feels like that guy has been, touched by an angel <laughs> with some of the luck bit. he has on some yeah. of these things. But eventually you think that this is going to have a chance to balance out. And I think in the, in the context of the Browns offensive issues, which are the leading focal point, the defense is still pretty good. It's one of the best ones that the 49ers will face. Not that Kyle can't devise something and they, they, they come to Cleveland and handle things comfortably. Right. But I do think there's a world in which they could struggle here and then it creates some, some chaos for them on offense. And then you never know. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's where I'm at. Just got to make Purdy uncomfortable. Yeah. They have to, um, you know, so I, I like it. And I think it's one of the, you know, we talk about paths to victory, but I mean, that is like probably the most key, right. Path uh, is to, you know, get him, Flustered, disrupted, uh, out of rhythm, because uh, he's been nothing but in rhythm all year. So yeah, very uh, much agree. Do that. All right, uh, let's go to number two for me. I think here there are two corners that are lesser, uh, as we're talking about identifying weaknesses on the San Francisco side. Isaiah Oliver and Lenore, uh, their their nickel corner and Oliver and Lenore, uh, they can be exploited teams have exploited them uh so if you're going to scheme something up um i think these are the guys you want to target early if as you're trying to get pj walker into a little bit of a rhythm yeah i agree i think that the you talk to people i know you did for your piece uh both yes. writing and your in your visitations this week like it is um the weakness, known weakness of this defense is that their corners are not, they're fine. Obviously, their mm -hmm. corners are protected by a really strong box group, the front seven. But when you put them into a nickel situation, they're not, they're just not elite football players. And you can't have elite players everywhere. We all know that. But they're just not, they're not, um, they're not perfect. So if you can challenge those guys, make a fango, make some mistakes and conflict in the second, and they're still playing. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson. So like, I mean, there's opportunities in the secondary if you can take some chances down the field. So uh, there there's uh it branches to the whole secondary, but it's specifically, yeah, the corners are a spot where you hope Elijah Moore and, and Donovan can win some of those matchups and make Walker's life a little easier. And for me, Brad, my next one's Walker has to play an A plus game, right? Like he's played, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's been around the NFL. He's had several starts and there's been some wide variety of outcomes. He's had some bad games. He's had some really good ones. And you need him to be the best version of himself, not playing hero ball, but taking care of the football, throwing the shots when they're there, delivering the third down strikes when they're there. You need him to be, we have to, if they're going to win, you've got to look back on this, Brad, and say, okay, 
you know, PJ Walker played a really, really good game for them, executed the game plan and was at his best today. So uh, use the legs, use your athleticism, you know, pick up some first downs here and there. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do, especially considering, you know, I feel like, again, it's a guy who has some NFL experience here. And Kevin's yeah. traditionally been fine with some of these spot starters and, and, and guys who are, um, you know, maybe not keen to operate an entire offense, but can come in and be a cog in a machine. So uh, we'll hope that that uh, that Walker can get the opportunity, you know, take advantage of the opportunity that he's been given here. But he has to be at his best. You cannot get a C game from him where he makes a couple turnover throws and you know all of that stuff. So so we need them to be good. He's he's got to be at his best. Yeah, you know, he's thrown a lot of interceptions, and that's kind of the knock on his numbers, right? But last year in his starts, I mean, he had a couple highlight starts, right? Like, you know, I posted last night the fourth quarter comeback he had against the Falcons where he was pretty miraculous down the stretch, uh, making throw after throw in that one, including a long uh, pass to DJ Moore to take the lead and end up coming back and winning that game. And then uh, he was there was another game last year where he was, the I believe, the highest-rated PFF uh, quarterback for a week so he has the uh high level uh game in him right and he has the potential to go out and be really good for a week a week so i like point. it uh lastly i'll say that um obviously we we mentioned turnovers probably every week but it could never be more important here it's the great equalizer uh and this defense is due a little turnover regression you kind of mentioned purdy being touched by an angel he's probably due a, a cut some bad bounces uh and maybe if if you can get a couple of those that end up into easy scores uh that's got to be part of this uh, recipe as well but uh that will equalize some of the uh you know the quarterback the missing linemen the missing key players here uh that has to equalize the playing field so you need this defense to be really special in this one uh but also take it away couldn't agree more it has to be a game where there are just why i talked about you know obviously hit on it because um you know andrew was with us there, there have to be some wild outcomes like just tipped balls or like those little 50 50 football plays that go your direction you right you know where a fumble goes right to a browns player or they block a punt special teams is something we should probably mention they have to win um in this game they absolutely have to win two of three phases they have to win specials and defense and then just try to be neutral um neutral there on offense right so um you're, you're right. The, the variance plays, the wild outcome plays, which happen in every game. You have to mm -hmm. hope that they they go the Browns way. They need them to go their way uh, if they want any shot at, at pulling this thing off. So, again, it's going to take the best Browns game you've seen them play collectively and a not stellar 49er performance. A whole bunch of like it's cold, windy, and we don't want to be here and screw this thing. Let's just get back on the bus and go home, you know, back on the flight and go home. So. Uh, I think that's abundantly obvious. And again, like, you know, I, I think an upset here can happen because we focus on a lot of negativity um, because what do, what do you do in, in anything that happens in your life, Brad? Um, you know, it's pretty obvious that you, you always focus on, you know, what, uh, you know, what's going wrong or what can go wrong. That's just human right. nature, right? Like that's yeah. just human nature. So, you know, that's that's always going to catch the focus. You don't spend the time of the bye week coming off a rough loss talking about all the things that have gone well, right? That's just, <laughs> again, that's just the nature of the situation. You probably do if they win. Um, we tried to hit on the positive as well, but, 
Um, we, we didn't give that enough due diligence on my pod this week. So I apologize for that. I think we should have, and I'm trying to say that I think there is a path to winning this football game. The Schwartz stuff against Shanahan offenses is real. Um, he has forced them into some fits. We'll see if that continues, right? Jim hasn't coached as a lead coordinator in a few years and Kyle's obviously adapted from what he used to be. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if that ends up mattering, but the data is the data until we have new data. So you feel like there's a chance on that side. I also feel like, again, the nobody believes in us stuff. I love about the NFL. The Browns could jump and you know, you you're holding on to that. And I'm sure Kyle's doing everything he can to motivate his guys and the personal experience with Cleveland and all of that. It's, it's all in play, but again, it's the five and 49 49ers traveling a long way in coldish weather to play a team that that's playing a backup quarterback and there's lapses in focus and there's always a possibility here. And again, you see these upsets every year where that doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. The Raiders hung around against the Chiefs uh, the other night, right? The the Cardinals beat the Cowboys I talked about. Like this stuff just happens. And this is a great opportunity for the Browns to 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 make a you know make a marquee win happen for Kevin. And, and that would, you know, I think Kevin's won a lot of games he should have won. A lot of neutrals and a lot of games he should have won. He hasn't really had uh, odds stacked against him. He wasn't in that playoff game, right? So he, you know, you, you I, I think he deserves more credit than he received for that one. But, um, you know, for him to be on the sideline leading a group, an emotional win would be so good for them. And I, and I think there's just a better chance than people are giving credit for, based on the wild reaction that I got tonight. Uh, than than uh, then I think people are giving them credit here. So uh, I'll just yeah. leave it at that. It might not happen. Probably doesn't happen. But. I think there's a world where they can win this football game and I'm excited to see how they react to this challenge. Yeah. And, and if you could, and the, the, the best thing about it in this situation, and it's hard, you don't want to look at it this way, but you kind of, the reality of it is listen, like it's an NFC opponent. It doesn't affect the AFC tiebreakers. If you lose, you still have everything in front of you, but if you win, uh, it could really propel you into something different and change the narrative around this team. So there you go. All right. We're excited to see it happen. We'll be back at the OBR at 730 for your Sunday Rewind. We'll have all the information you need on what happened, how it happened, and why it happened. So check that out. I know myself, uh, you'll get a bunch of podcasts on this thing. I know Brad will put up a podcast or two covering what happened in this one. Check the OBR for all your other information. And do so if you want some of that insider stuff. uh, $1, right, for your first month. Take advantage of that. Rate and review all the podcasts here involved. It always helps Browns fans find uh, some of those pods when you when you rate and review them and give them the time. So we appreciate that for Brad, for myself, and for the OBR Collective Group. We appreciate you being here. And on this Sunday, go Browns.